Hello and welcome back to the Apply Medic podcast. If you're new here, my name is Chris. I'm a fifth year medical student studying at Edinburgh Uni. I'm also the founder of Apply Medic and the host of the Apply Medic podcast. So before we start, I just wanted to give a quick plug for Apply Medic. We've just recently published our first ebook, which is the medical school interview ebook, uh, just taking you through uh, start to finish everything that you need to know um, to do well in your medical school interviews in the UK. So I'll just put a link to that in the description down below. And so on with the show. So today I've got Chloe, a second year medical student at the University of Liverpool, and she's also an Instagrammer and YouTuber. Um, and she makes really good uh, work. Uh, she makes really good content uh, going through everything about the, the medical school journey, med school applications, and also just her daily life as a medical student in the UK. So hi, Chloe. How are you? Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm very good. Brilliant. I'm good as well. So I just wanted to start by maybe you just introducing yourself and just kind of giving a, a brief uh, description of, of who you are and what you do. Hi. So um, my name's Chloe, as you've said, um, and I run the Irish Medic um, Instagram page and the YouTube channel and basically I am in my first year of the grad program at the University of Liverpool studying medicine um, and yeah I decided to create the Instagram and YouTube to kind of share my thoughts on the application pro- pro- process Sorry, as a grad because I didn't know many other Irish students who had created a platform to talk about the process and um I thought it'd be useful for some people to look at and to consider maybe applying to the UK to study medicine, because I think a lot of us, um, you know, sitting the GAMSAT in Ireland will think about um, applying to just Ireland and maybe are a bit afraid about going to the UK or maybe don't know enough about it. So I just thought I'd go on and share my thoughts and see if anybody finds it useful at all. So, yeah. Definitely. That sounds really good. And there's a lot of interesting stuff there that I do want to kind of go into a bit more detail on, but we'll we'll save some of the other stuff, especially for the Instagram and the YouTube account, um, to to kind of later on in in the episode. But first, I, I was wondering if you could just kind of give me like a brief kind of rundown of your journey into medical school, because you did mention that sure. uh, you are on the the graduate entry program at the University of Liverpool for medicine. So, um, would you just kind of give a brief outline of of that journey for you personally? Yeah, so I'll go all the way back to when I was in high school or secondary school. Um, I didn't really consider studying medicine for a very long time. Um, Like, I just never thought it was within my reach, first of all. And I think a lot of people might feel that way as well. Um, Obviously, it's very competitive to apply to the undergrad program. And I just, you know, I thought maybe it could be an option. wasn't sure. So then my parents... um, moved to Dublin which is where I'm from originally um, from another county in Ireland and um, when I moved I went to a really good secondary school and for the first time my teachers had asked me you know what would you like to go into and I kind of thought oh maybe medicine and for the first time it wasn't something that was so shocking or so like out of reach and at that point I thought okay let's take this seriously you know if I want to be medicine I need to kind of really apply myself and figure out how I'm going to get really good grades and also sit the HPAT which is like the UK CAT I think in the UK like you know it's like an aptitude test so that Mm -hmm. would require a lot of work um and then I I worked really hard I did quite well at my leaving cert but 
not as high as I would have wanted. Um, and then I saw the HPAT as well, and I found that very traumatic. I was, well, traumatic is a bit of an over-exaggeration, but it was quite a, bit new, quite a new experience. It wasn't in the safety of my classroom or even an, like a, you know, a big board like exam hall, like, um, you know, the GCSEs or the A-levels. You know, it was a different kind of atmosphere. And I was surrounded by really smart people who also wanted to go into medicine. So for me, that was a big kind of undertaking. Um, in a way, I'm glad I did it. But then at the same time, it was kind of, it was quite a, a hit. And I think after that, I actually had to sit my A-levels and my leaving search just to kind of make it more simplified. But, um, you know, that was quite a big shock. And I kind of knew at that point that I wasn't going to go into medicine. I thought, you know what, as much as that's, you know, upsetting, and I think a lot of people go through this as well after something like that, you know, you have to think, okay, what am I actually good at here? And why did I want to study medicine in the first place? So I then applied to study science at Trinity College Dublin. That's a very um, good university in Ireland. And I was really happy there. It was just, there's a lot of research going on. Um, some really nice people who were also very, you know, um, passionate about what they're studying. And I found myself just loving science. And I learned so much more outside, you know, I think during your A-levels, you just touch on the basics of a lot of different systems and, you know, physics, biology, chemistry. But at that time, I was really letting myself um, learn as much about the world and, this, and the human body in a non-medical setting, um, which was really, really great. So anyway, I let myself think about it. And I thought, you know, there's loads of jobs in science as well. Like, you know, this could be for me. And I've heard so many people saying that medicine was a very all-consuming vocational job and I wasn't sure if that was for me really um anyway so I did two years of science and then I specialized in microbiology and I think at that point I learned a bit more about disease and a bit more about healthcare um through studying the microbes um and at that point I was kind of thinking okay as much as I love knowing about the genetics of each bacteria I was looking at or you know looking at them in the lab the most interesting part for me was learning about what happened to the patients and you know we would be getting isolates into the lab and um, these isolates would be coming from patients from hospitals around Dublin and um, I just wanted to know their story and at that time because of HPRA I couldn't or the because of that the regulation around you know patient um, privacy and things obviously we didn't know okay. anything about what happened sorry after <laughs> um we didn't know like really the stories of the patients. All we knew about was the micros. And um, for me, I was, I found that quite frustrating. And I knew then I learned then as a scientist that in order to get access to those kind of documents and things, you'd have to be a doctor, you'd have to be a medical professional. And um, I knew there was a lot of research going on in microbiology, but you know, in order to kind of get to that level, you kind of had to be, had have done another degree, which is clinical microbiology which is very different to what I did. Mine was more academic and genetics-based. Or, you know, study medicine and then specialise in infectious disease. So anyway, um, so that's when I kind of, that was sort of the last um, nail in the coffin. So excuse the, uh, the metaphor. But um, yeah, that, that was kind of the, the moment where I thought, okay, I really like the science. And if I consider the job of, being a doctor before and I you know I was thinking more and more about medicine at this point I was like mm -hmm. I love that side of things I love you know patient I'd love to be by the bedside you know speaking to patients and you know incorporating those two aspects um I thought okay medicine might actually be the thing for me it's it, and I knew then after so many years of wondering about it that yeah this is the time and 
even I find myself going to open talks at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland and, you know, learning about different aspects of human biology and medicine. I thought, you know, I'm so passionate about this. Like, there can't be um, anything wrong with maybe attempting the graduate um, medical degree side of things. Um, but then I decided um, after speaking to my parents about it that I would work in um, ph- like pharmaceuticals for a year. So after oh, my, okay. yeah, so I don't really talk about that on my Instagram, um, but I worked at Pfizer for a year after my degree. And um, that was really great because at that point I did consider medicine and I actually sat my GAMSAT before I started my job at Pfizer. So my plan, you know, I kind of thought about what I wanted to do and um, I was still living at home at this point, but I decided to work at Pfizer, save up enough money so that if I did, you know, get the GAMSAT points I needed and pass the MMI interviews, which is another step in the graduate medical pathway, um, that I would, um, in the UK, sorry, that I would um, have enough money basically to support myself and, you know, figure out what I was going to do. Was I going to defer or was I going to, you know, start immediately? So yeah, so <laughs> it's not very brief overview, but yeah, I worked at Pfizer for that year and I, okay. um, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I worked on a, a product called Refacto, which is basically a um, factor eight protein and it's for hemophiliac. So again, I was dealing with patients in an indirect way and yep. I thought this is really, really cool. Um, I loved the manufacturing side of things and the money was very good, but I thought, you know what, I actually, as much as I'm enjoying this, I know that it's not really going to be the thing that's going to be super fulfilling. And I could see the ladder and the way I'd have to go. I might have to go back and do a PhD or I'd have to stay in the company for years to build up my sort Mm. of repertoire, if you know what I mean. So I thought, you know, this is a choice in my life or I can then attempt the medical. um, I could just try and give it my all and see if, if medicine works out for me. And I can always go back to, you know, my life before that, if I need to, if I hadn't, you know, I know that's quite a privileged thing because obviously medicine is expensive it's not easy to just drop everything and go back to what you were doing firstly. But like, I thought, you know, you only have one life. <laughs> you might as well go for it. Exactly. No, I, I, I completely yeah. agree. That's, that's really interesting though. Um, I, I've, I've never heard of a, like a, a kind of route into medicine like that. Um, but that's, it's, it's really interesting. And I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into certain aspects of it, if that's okay. So yeah, when you, first applied to, to medical school in Ireland and you didn't get in, you then uh, enrolled in, uh, was it microbiology? Was it yeah, so it, well, yeah. it was a general science degree and then you could specialise okay. in any area you wanted to, basically. Okay, yep, that's fine. So most of the people that, that, I, that I've talked to who have ended up doing like a biomedical sciences type degree um, after being rejected from medical school for that application cycle, their whole intention is to do that biomedical sciences degree for three or four years, however long it is, depending on the university that you're at, and mm. then either in their final year of that degree um, or like taking a year out, uh, and so a year after that, they would they know they will then apply to, to medicine either as, as a graduate, either for graduate entry-only programs or for undergraduate programs. So it, it kind of sounded from the way that you were describing it there that your intent kind of changed throughout that science degree to then actually go into a more science role instead of applying to medicine 
straight afterwards and obviously you did work at, at Pfizer afterwards as well. What was it that, that changed your kind of direction into a more science-based role initially when you were going through that degree? Well, there's a few kind of parts to this. So I think, first of all, like four years is a long time to be studying something in such detail. Um, and I think from speaking to other grads, um, you know, there were there are, there are other grads who kind of sat and went through another degree um, and studied and really, they, they did fall in love with what they were doing. And even today, I know some people who were similar to me that like thought about medicine, didn't get in or decided to just try science and, you know, perhaps they'd have the potential, they had the privilege of being able to put the money into graduate medicine and going mm-hmm. and doing it. Um, some of them are actually still in science and some of them stayed in pharmaceuticals. Um, because I think that world is actually, if you know, maybe if you're straight into medicine, you don't, you don't really get to really ponder that other choice in life. Um, yeah. But it is, it's growing and it's really exciting. And I think if you like medicine, you're, you like science, obviously. Um, and, you know, some people's love of science, you know, they might think, oh, I'd love to aim for medicine. And they might think that medicine is for them. But actually what they loved more was the biological side of things. And I think in medicine as well, if you're not in academics, I think some, maybe perhaps you'd miss out on that because, you know, your job is mainly involved in dealing with patients and treatment and it's less to do with the genetics of a disease or, you know, the micromolecules, but I suppose it depends what specialty you're in, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think there are pros and cons. And I think um, for me as well, another aspect of it was you know, I didn't really have the finance. And that's a big thing, I think, with graduate medicine as well, is that, like, it's difficult to go from a degree and then straight into grad med because, obviously, Definitely. yeah, if you don't have, like, parental support, which, you know, I think not many people really realistically do in graduate medicine, um, you know, you'll have to apply for funding. Um, and in Ireland, when it comes, so we can talk about this maybe a bit later, but in terms of the graduate program, like, you were looking at a loan of 15,000 euro a year plus your rent, plus your living expenses. It's very, very expensive. And for me, it made sense to work for a year, not just for the money and the like practicality side of things, but to see, look, is this really for me? This is a massive debt. Like this Definitely. is not, yeah. And you know, if I can get fulfillment from pharmaceuticals like Pfizer and there's an excellent company, like I know there's obviously controversy around pharmaceuticals generally, but in terms of my life, as a process scientist, I was really enjoying it. And mm-hmm. I love the project side of things, teamwork. And I think that's echoed in medicine too. And I think that's what I really look, for in, look forward to in the medical careers. I, I hope I have a good team that I, similar to what I had in Pfizer, or I work with a team that was, you know, the MDT is, is a very important part of it. And I, yeah, so <laughs> long story short, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a definitely a part of it. Um, so yeah, that's, for me, it was great to work uh, for the year and also to really know for sure. And another thing, too, is my mum is actually a midwife and she kind of warned me going into medicine that like the, there were a lot of parts of medicine that I had to be aware of. And like it's it is a very difficult job, as we all know, um, anybody who's applying to medicine or is in medicine like you um, have to weigh up an awful lot. And if you get in immediately, that's fine. You know, you can work like when you're only 18 you, don't, you probably don't know every single part of the less kind of glamorous side of medicine but um you know for me I was very much aware of the legal legal issue implications in medicine you know a lot of the um 
you know, the realities of, you know, life and death in medicine as well. That was a big thing too. So yeah, I really had to weigh it all up. And I thought working for a year was a good chance for me to really read into it a lot more and really consider my choices. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I feel like doing something like that and taking a slightly longer way round, uh, into, along, taking a slightly longer route into medicine um, really allows time to actually get a realistic insight for what medicine really is, you know, and, and whether it's exploring other kind of allied professions or careers that are associated with healthcare or just using the time to get more work experience to get a more realistic understanding, I think it's really useful because um, I'm a postgrad medic as well. Uh, and I, I found that like the extra the extra years um, doing another degree beforehand really just allowed me to explore as much mm. medicine as I could. And I, I feel like just luckily for me, it allowed me to actually consolidate that desire to study medicine sure. even more. But it, it, it would have been just as important or useful if it would have thrown me the other way. Um, yeah, because I, you just need to be happy. I totally agree. And, you know, just two things on that. I think when you look at the US, they have to do the pre-med degree and then they, you know, go into medicine. Exactly. That that really does test your, your love of the course and your love of the job. Because for the rest of your life, like you are going to be a doctor and this is going to be part of your identity. And as, as dramatic as I might sound, it is true. And, you know, you, you leave medical school and, by, and even in medical school, you're representing a profession. And that's a big responsibility in itself. Um, and secondly, um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's it's there is more to life outside of the job as well. And I think when you are mm -hmm. in another degree, you realize actually I can have a wonderful, fulfilling life. I can travel. I can do so much in my twenties. Like there is, and I learned that the hard way. And I, you know, used to be so upset by the fact that I wasn't in medicine, and you know, I was like really good enough and all this. But actually you grow and you learn and you mature and I think that's really important and I think your patients might recognize that and I think maybe your colleagues will in the future as well not to say that if you're an undergrad medical student that you you know are lacking in that way but I think there's something nice about the fact that you know you have a bit of life experience definitely I think it yeah. does go a long way especially at that kind of age range because actually from the age of say 18 to 25 you actually do significantly increase your your just your your understanding of how you interact with different people and your communication skills and 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 just what it means to be a human being I suppose you know like when you're straight out of secondary school you do have a kind of skewed perception of the world because you know you, you haven't kind of properly been exposed to it yet so I think that during that age range you actually do develop significantly and, and you can tell you know when someone is a postgrad medic compared to undergraduate and um, both are very good and, and undergraduate medical students still do communicate uh, very well with patients and are still you know so competent in, in what they do and um, but just that little bit more life experience you can you can usually tell when it's a postgraduate medical student um sure. and i feel like having that extra experience does it, it does go a long way and it helps you to kind of just be more relaxed and enjoy the course a bit more i suppose especially when you know how to study and you know kind of what to do um going through a university degree so i just wanted to go a little bit back again uh, to another point that you mentioned which related to the rejection from medical school the first time round when you were the school leaver how did you how did you get through that kind of period of rejection um because it obviously it's it's so common in medicine because of how competitive it is and a lot of people can be 
a lot of people can take it quite personally. A lot of people can just be so affected by it that it just makes them not want to, you know, face that, face those kind of emotions again. And so they refrain from applying to medicine for for a second or, or even third time. Um, how how did you get through that to then decide to apply to medicine again? Yeah, so when I got my results from the uh, HBAT, I was on holidays with my parents. Uh, we were in Croatia and I was looking at my phone and I, I was like, oh, I got the email. Okay, had a look. And then it just, my heart sank and I was like, oh no, this is terrible. Like I know, I knew then for a fact that like, unless I had a miracle of my exams, you know, that it just wasn't going to happen. And, you know, that day I was really, really upset. And my parents were like, okay, this is terrible. Chloe's really, you know, we were really worried about her, <laughs> you know, and I think that's a major thing for parents as well is that, you know, you're, if you don't get in, obviously you're going to be devastated. Even if you miss it by a tiny margin or, you know, a massive amount, like it's, it's a hit either way. So at that point, my mum and dad sat me down and we had, um, we were just by the pool and mum was like, okay, we need to re rethink this whole C CAO, CAO yeah, strategy, which is basically like your ranking for like where you want to go to college. And okay. I kind of thought, okay, well, I wouldn't have had a very competitive score anyway. Like I kind of knew if I did get into medicine, probably wasn't going to be my first choice in terms of like the school I went to. So I thought, okay, medicine at Trinity probably was out of reach anyway. But now I have a chance to go to this university that I really admire. My mum went there and my brother goes there now. Um, and I was like, okay, I actually have a chance to study here. That's kind of cool. Like, I love that. Um, I get to go to one of the top ranked universities and study science where I can really I guess have a nice time I can travel during the summers I can do lots of like normal things and I at that time I thought medicine, in medicine you didn't have a life which I now know is is different but I kind of thought okay this is good and yeah I just I kind of knew from there and I had a chance to think over summer and I oh, that summer I got to work abroad I was in um Italy and I had the summer of my life I got to work with kids and I was working like at a summer camp thing with families it was kind of like a big campsite and um I got to work with the kids and do sessions and you know we went out to like the lake Lake Garda and I got to see Venice and Verona and Milan it was just the best summer and I kind of re remember that oh my gosh like I'm literally like what age was I 18 19 and I now can just relax a bit because I don't have the pressure of going from a, you know the A levels or leaving search right into a medical degree, I actually have a chance to breathe. And for me, that was a bit of a relief. And I could still dip into things I liked in medicine where like I would read like um, books like, you know, Henry Marsh's books, or I don't know if you're aware of them, but, you know, the surgeons. Yeah, and just, yeah. you know, kind of just dabble in it a bit on the side as like sort of like a hobby, which is a bit strange, but like, you, you know, really expose myself and enjoy it privately, but also... Um, you know, allow myself to just enjoy university as any other university student, basically. So I went in and I had loads of friends going to Trinity. So that was quite nice. And um, I had one friend who was in medicine and she was working all the time. And I kind of secretly thought, oh, I'm quite lucky that I got to take it easy and, um, you know, do whatever I wanted, really. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I dealt with it, I suppose, in a way. But um yeah, I think the first, when I didn't, when I found out about the, the HPAT result, I think I was quite upset. But at the same time, I had quite a low kind of esteem, slightly in academics. So I thought, okay, I probably, I'm not going to get it anyway. 
Um, but then eventually, like over my time at university, I really built on that and I grew my confidence in terms of my ability to, you know, um, uh, do research and basically write good essays and get the grades I, you know, fig figured I actually could get. And that was quite nice for my self-confidence. And then going into medicine now, I feel like I can, you know, be a good student and I know how to study. Like you said, you know, that's a big thing too, is learning what works for you. And at that time, I don't think I really knew the right way. I was on the right track, but yeah, I think at this point now, I'm the happiest I am going into medicine. So yeah, that's my... What that's about good. you? How did you feel after it? I think it's different for everybody, obviously. Um, yeah, um, it, my, my route into medicine is slightly different again because I was a bit of a late bloomer uh, in my teens in terms of academic performance. And so uh, during, well, I didn't realise that I wanted to actually be a doctor and study medicine until I was about 16, 17. And so um, it wasn't really until my last year of secondary school that I actually kept myself kept myself up the backside, um, proverbially speaking, and um, got a grip of my my academics and, and worked really hard and, and tried to focus on um, just becoming the best person that I could be, essentially. And so, obviously, that put me at a disadvantage for applying to medical school while I was in secondary school, and so I just didn't do it. I instead um, just gave myself the best possibility to do a kind of uh, a biomedical style degree um, at the, the best university possible and just try to to give myself the best chance um, by applying to five of those style courses at really, you know, the best medical, uh, the best uh, universities I thought could give me yeah. an offer. So when, so I then did the four years at Edinburgh Uni Medical Sciences, um, which was Which fantastic. can I just say that is excellent. I mean, Edinburgh, in my mind, as like even as an Irish student, I knew the sort of the name and I knew that it was such an excellent place to study. Like I, <laughs> a part of me wishes I was like an English literature major at Edinburgh, like living my best life, which I'm sure I you think English did. literature definitely is like one of the big <laughs> ones at Edinburgh. Honestly, in like when I mean, I applied to Edinburgh basically on a whim. That was the absolute top choice. And I had the minimum grades available uh, to apply in the first place to even be in with a chance of getting an offer and so I really just didn't have any expectations for it but I just went for it anyway because there's there's no point it, there's there's no point in just not trying for the best thing anyway and um, if there's even a slight possibility so I did that and then yeah I got the offer and bang like I just from from going from you know basically from going from what an eight one A three Bs and a C for my hires um, to then you know getting what was it three three A's and a B an advanced hire when I actually um, got a grip on myself academically and then getting the offer medical sciences it was like a dream come true and I I just I thought I was the luckiest guy in the earth when when it happened and um, I had a great time during that and then I had an opportunity to do uh, masters in anatomy. Edinburgh so then I thought well actually I'm just going to use time as a lever and and do that masters um because it's a full year the human dissection um just one cadaver between four uh MSc students and so okay. I thought that was that was an incredible opportunity and I couldn't really pass it up because I'm 
I'm very interested in surgery as well. Surgery, um, yes. I, yeah. <laughs> so I just thought it's such a tangible benefit um, doing mm-hmm. a, a course like that. So I did that. And then during the master's, that's when I applied to medicine for the first time. And uh, I just, yeah. So I, I'm very lucky that I also technically got into medicine and the first try. Um, and so I've obviously I didn't get into all of the medical schools that I applied to. I got two offers and two rejections pre-interview um so love that (laughs) great for the confidence (laughs) yeah exactly um so yeah it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster for me over the years um but I'm just so grateful that I'm here and I'm like one year away from sitting finals now and it just it's it's crazy yeah so yeah and I'm sure that'll fly in for you as well (laughs) yeah literally it's almost too fast at this point um I know exactly (laughs) Mm mm-hmm um, so, so yeah, so it's, and I think just getting all these different kind of stories of people's roots into medicine is, is really good for people because they, they just realize that, oh, it actually doesn't need to be that you get straight A's when you then your final year as a secondary school and then you ace the UCAT or, you know, whatever the equivalent admissions test that you have to do. And then you get into medicine first time and, that's it. That's the only way. That's the only route that you can get in. Actually, no. There's so many different routes to take, and every single one is as appropriate and worthwhile as the next. And totally. as long as you, yeah. exactly, and as long as you get into medicine, that's all that matters. No one cares what route you took in. If you then, yeah. you then, and you get to become a doctor at the end of the day. And yeah. so that is by far the most important thing. And I think more people need to to realize that and not just kind of beat themselves down when or if they don't do well enough to apply to medical school in the first place or if they are then for the chance but they get rejected for whatever reason um there's so many different ways of getting in totally and you know anybody listening who is a grad um medic or grad uh medical student you know when you get into medical school you're on an even playing field um and it was quite surprising, quite lovely to see the undergrads. They treat you very much like, obviously, you're a bit, you know, you're new in and it's a bit harder to kind of get to know people maybe um, at the start, especially with COVID. Um, but, you know, nobody blinks an eye at the fact that you are a little bit older. And even if you're starting in your 30s or 40s, and I know that seems a bit crazy, but there are there are definitely students who are. Yeah, definitely. Um, everybody like people just ask you oh what did you study and that's it it's not a thing of like oh some person's better than the other because of the way the route they took into it um so that was a big thing for me um because yeah we're quite I think self-analytical as medical students and as you know people who have been rejected in other ways um but it was quite it was really really cool to see that and it's lovely because you're finally not finally but you're in a group of people who all are have that common love of medicine and it's um it's really great to be surrounded by such intelligent, um, kind of driven people. And it's, it's definitely. such a privilege, definitely, to be in this, at this point, right? Um, and yeah, and like, just as you're saying, you get to a point, I realize, like in training as a doctor, where like, eventually we'll all be at the same point where we're in the middle of our training that, you know, we've chosen the specialists who we like. And all we have left to look back on is like our journey here. And it's like, if you were an undergrad or if you did a degree before that, like, you know, you have your whole life behind, you know, not behind you, but like you, 
it's nice to have stories and it's nice to have experiences Definitely. to share. And, you know, the more the merrier. Like, um, and the thing is, like, it doesn't, it shouldn't put you off what you end up going into after you go into medical school as well. Because at the end of the day, we're all very stubborn, determined medical students. You know, if we want to be neurosurgeons and spend a great portion of our tra- of our lives and as our careers as, as um, trainees, then we'll do that because unfortunately we're, we're that kind of um, <laughs> determined that like we won't stop. And I think that's great. And yeah, you need that resilience in medicine and um, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough journey, whether you're, you know, you're a GP or you're going into ENT, whatever you choose. Um, so like all these life experiences are, are just going to help you kind of get to where you want to be in the end. And yeah, it's important to enjoy the journey as well, I think. Um, which took me a long time to realise since I'm still working <laughs> out as well. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. It's it's always far easier said than done. Definitely totally, appreciate yeah. that. Um, so I I feel like there's not going to be that much benefit in us talking about everything else to do with the medical school application process and kind of medical school in general because I feel like we've gotten a lot out of everything that we've already spoken about so I just wanted to ask finally um just in relation to your Instagram account and your YouTube channel um so you mentioned before that is am I right in saying the main kind of rationale behind it is just kind of giving your perspective as an Irish medical student as an Irish uh as an Irish person applying and getting into medical school in the UK and that whole kind of transition and that whole process and that journey, is, is that right? Yeah, I think originally that was my main objective from the YouTube channel. Um, it's also a great creative outlet. I think a lot of YouTubers would say that. I don't count myself as a YouTuber, by the way. Um, <laughs> definitely not. Um, but I think it's a, yeah, it's it's a good way of, of talking to people and being a bit, rather than just, just writing um, posts, I felt like I wanted to just communicate with people on a more intimate level through making YouTube videos. Um, and yeah, that was the main thing. And then I'd like to progress a bit more and maybe do some vlogs um <laughs> I've been not very good at that but I you know I go up and down to London quite a bit so I'd love to be able to share that bit with people and give more of kind of an insight into my life as a medical student and mm-hmm. you know the fact that I work part-time and I have balanced a few other things um like I think that would be quite nice just to share that but I think um as I go along I'd like to just share my tips and there's so many YouTubers that I like would watch when I was a medical student that really helped me study like and I'm not just talking about the, the you know, um, Carmen Medic and Ali Abdel, like the greats from the UK, but also um, <laughs> <laughs> Andrea Tooley, Rachel Southard, a lot of wet, oh, like, okay. girls, yeah. Cause I think, oh, yeah, Rachel Southard is, um, mm. she's the, the medical student in California, is that right? Yeah, she's, yeah. like, I remember seeing her first video, it was like day, their first day of medical school, thinking like, oh my gosh, this is this is crazy. Like, you know, considering where she is now with her channel, like, you know, I really liked it from the beginning and um Andrea Tooley who was um a doctor in the house before like I she's now like a board certified ophthalmologist but I remember watching Mm -hmm. her videos from like when she was in medical school and she was so like enthusiastic and she was such a good influence on studying and my studying if you get me um and also strive to fit um lots of just female um creators out there that I really admire um so I thought you know I'll give it a go and share my story a bit um because I just didn't see many creators and like Irish creators and 
creators in the kind of graduate medical field. Um, so I thought I'd just make some videos and see how, see what people said. And it was definitely kind of scary at the beginning because obviously once it's out there, it's there forever. But I exactly. think, yeah, I think like my overall motto is like, okay, this, if this is going to help one person at least, that's the biggest thing. And I think it's probably the same for you, Chris, like creating a biomedic, you know, it's going to help hopefully one, like at least one person. And definitely. that's like the biggest like achievement, I think. Exactly. Um, and yeah. I, I feel like, uh, at least for me, the, 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 say the YouTube channels that I watched, um, I think it was mostly, I think when I was applying, it was mostly Ali Abdal and postgrad medic, Ollie Burton. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've seen him. him as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely love the guy. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I felt like they just, they kept me company, especially <sighs> yes. since I didn't have anyone you know, even remotely related uh, to the medical field, medicine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so for, for someone who's kind of breaking through into that sphere, you can feel so isolated uh, going through the whole process, given how yeah. intimidating and complex all the barriers are. And you're starting at absolute ground zero for all of it. And mm-hmm. I feel like even just having like a familiar voice that you can listen to like once every week or month, whatever it is, actually really kind of helps you along and yeah. it, it just kind of actually seeing the personalities that you know might be very similar to, to to your personality and you actually see oh well actually these people are a lot like me and instead of holding them on some sort of intellectual pedestal you know like a lot sure. of people do um when they just kind of lose that that perception of what medical who medical students really are they are normal people and, and you are also a normal person and so you have the potential if you work hard to, to be that thing that you want to be yeah. and I feel like it really helps and yeah that is exactly what I'm trying to do with the biomedic as well I mean if I can help you know just one person uh, who just doesn't have that support network uh, either in school at home whatever that is yeah. and if you know they can just actually hear someone who can just give them some you know insight and and actually kind of perk them up to, to actually know what they're worth and what they're capable of and actually give them the means and the resources to actually be able to do it. Uh, you know, if I can just help one person actually reach the potential, know the potential and reach it, then, yeah, for sure. you know, I, I'll, I'll be happy. So Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, because I often think with people, like it just takes that person to believe in you to, to do it. And I know definitely. that sounds probably a little bit like dramatic or whatever, but um, yeah, just to kind of normalise the process you know, and sometimes it's it's not your parents or your teachers. Sometimes it has to be someone who doesn't know you that maybe you can look at and try and just follow. Because you know, if if someone has done, you don't like. It's like I often see with the Olympic um, athletes and stuff. They'll often say, "Oh, like it just took one person in my life who I could then try and copy." That kind of allowed me to just go into that area of of sport or in um, sort of academics or medicine, anything. You know, it so like that kind of positive influence I think is really great. So yeah, I would definitely, definitely agree. So I think that's that's everything that I wanted to ask, Chloe. Uh do you have any kind of closing comments, anything that you want to say before we finish up? Um, I would say don't be afraid of um going down this path, becoming a, a graduate medic. I think like just 
don't worry about the GAMSAT either too much. I know you'll, you might read a blog where somebody has sat the exam eight, ten times. And I remember reading them thinking, oh, my gosh, if they've struggled, I know they write so perfectly on their blogs. And, you know, they're, you can tell that they're such hard workers and clearly I'm not going to be capable. No, just just go ahead and do it. If, if you're going to sit the exam as a benchmark grade and try and get that, then that's fine. And maybe sit it again. But just go for it. And, you know, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it in terms of your confidence. You're not going to always be the most confident studier, the most confident academic. But just the first step is just sitting down and, and giving, it, giving it a good crack. And, um, yeah, I think. And then with MMIs, the Medic Portals is a great resource, definitely. And the Apply Medic um, <laughs> you, you don't. You don't. You don't have to Instagram. see it. You don't want I'm to. Just you for you. So, <laughs> Thank um, you very much. Yeah, and check out my YouTube channel, of course. But um, no, like, like just you know, just believe in yourself. Be your own advocate, yeah. and um, you know, you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. And by the time you accomplish it, you'll be looking at the next thing and the next thing. So, you know, just just go for it. Don't waste any time. Um, <laughs> and Definitely. yeah, and I would read lots of books like the Henry Marsh book I mentioned like just look into him and like uh, there's so many amazing writers out there who are medical professionals I would read those books and because that's a good insight and I would shadow and um, I never actually shadowed but I would recommend going into hospital and shadowing somebody like don't go into hospital contact lots of you know email <laughs> lots of uh, doctors and just see if you can just to kind of get some some insights as well it's always yeah. a good idea um but yeah that's kind of everything. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chloe. It's it's mm. been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, it's been really thank insightful, you. actually, and I've really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thank you, Chris. This is great. <laughs> um, hopefully, I'll be brave enough to do some vlogs, and maybe we could. I could go up to Edinburgh and say hello. Um, Definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, so yeah. What were you saying? No, that's everything. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so, if just for the audience, if you want to watch uh, or consume any of Chloe's content either on Instagram or YouTube then her username is the Irish medic all one word is that right yes that's correct yep perfect okay so um go over and and check it out on those platforms okay thanks very much Chloe thank you so much have a good day and a good evening and yeah thanks everybody for listening thank you